0: Uh, Welcome again to another episode of the 1% in Recovery, (laughs) where we talk about life, we talk about working hard, we're talking about laughing, and we're talking about loving unconditionally. Because if you do all three, then you have a good day. Also out is the Recovery Growth Scorecard. We use metrics in business. We should be using metrics in recovery. And it's just between you and what you do on a daily, weekly basis. You keep track and you get healthier. It's free. Just go to my website, www.lifeiswonderful.love, L-O-V-E. Or you can email me, V at lifeiswonderful.love. It's going to be in the show notes. So you'll be able to tap in and... Get that scorecard and start recovering faster, because that's what we're here for, just to start living our best life. Today, we have all the way from down under in Australia, Terry Howard. How are you doing, Terry? Good. Thank you. Here you go. All right. Tell it, you know, let's just start off. T- tell the uh, audience one thing you love. Uh, my grandchildren.
1: Um, that's There's no... There's no greater unconditional love than, than, a,
0: than a child
1: that, um, you know, I've got a three-year-old and a, and a six-month, and it's just, you know, it's so much more fun than raising your own children. <laughs> That's what <Yeah>. I hear. <laughs> what are their names? Just bypass the raising of your own children. <laughs> um, I've got Theodore and um, Audrey.
0: Okay. Are those family names or they just came up with with? Uh, just 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 what my daughter chose. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> that'll work. <laughs> well, yeah. I like to just jump in. Uh, we, no, no one has time to, you know, anymore. So let's just jump into the questions. Question one: You've dealt, or been in, GA, been in in terms of gambling, twelve-step uh, rooms for long, long time. You've also had some relapses. What do you think? people should say because there's a lot of people that try to shame people when they relapse or oh, why did you go back out? I can't believe you went back out. what, what, what are you going through?" And they don't really know un- truly what to say to someone who relapses. For someone who's gone through it, tell people what w- what's the best way to deal with someone whether they went back out after a week or several years.
1: There's no there's no greater way to to um, talk to anyone with understanding and and empathy I mean for the reality is we're not in control of our, our own addiction to say that you can use willpower is a bit like saying you can use willpower on diarrhea it's just not effective it's the reality is people are giving it their best shot um you know being harsh on them isn't going to help being telling them they're wrong isn't going to help um supporting them and in their in their journey because it's a journey and we all're all on a different journey we're all here to try and succeed um, some people do it quickly and some people are hard learners but you know you can learn more from your mistakes and that's that's a given that's a given in life in in its entirety you just need to accept the fact that making mistakes isn't effective by beating yourself up it's a matter of what can I do better next time? What did I learn from that mistake? My last my last mistake was mistake was probably realistically six years ago. I've had a slip since you know I, I have a, an absolute desire to win at all costs it doesn't really matter. you know I had my sitting my niece sitting on my knee and we we're playing past the parcel at a five-year-old birthday party. I still wanted to win. it's it's not you know it's not a bad habit to have to want to win. But you know, you can't gamble. Um, You know, last gamble I had was six years ago on a cruise ship. Gambling systems out there are an enticement. You know, I was given this free drink. So I thought I'd, you know, go do what I enjoy. No one got harmed except for me. Your peace of mind is too big a price to pay.
0: Right. I mean, that's always the hook. You know, no one ever sees how. They're always trying to lure you either with that, oh, we'll give you a a, a free scratch off or we're going to give you a couple free drinks. So then your decision making is a little off or we'll just give you like they say here in America. They talk about, you know, you just give us five dollars. We'll give you two hundred dollars worth of free play at the sports book. And thinking that, you know, depending on where people are emotionally or it could be impulsivity, it could be a million things kind of going on. And to me, the best thing to do is just say, hey, I'm glad you're back. You know, someone comes back into the room for whatever reason, because they could maybe, you know, not have gone into back to their addiction, but they could have just been, you know, depressed for a week or a month or a lot going on. And you should just be like, hey, I'm glad you came tonight. Hey, I'm glad you're here, you know, and just like, and then let the person talk about what happened. And let they, them they, kind yeah. of let it come out.
1: They share their shame. It, it, it's shameful enough. You don't need to you don't need to lay the boots in. <laughs> right.
0: You don't have to bully them. You don't gotta pile on. You don't got to do any of that stuff. But there's one thing that you did say that I think is very important to the audience. And I commend you for saying that. You talk about that kind of will to win. I just finished a book about Vince Lombardi. He was a famous NFL football coach with the Green Bay Packers in the 1960s. And they won, he's considered, you know, the best football coach ever. That's why they named the Super Bowl trophy after him, the Lombardi trophy. And the one thing that he wrote, he says he thinks it's in all good men and also good women that they're there to compete. You know, to beat the other guy or beat the system, get the sale, win at the game fairly, squarely, but to win. Because I think that's human nature. And I think competitive, that's why I think people are drawn to sports so much. Because there's that competitive nature, you know, saying that I won today. Um, and as I, I just want to commend you, I don't know if you want to say anything else about competition.
1: Uh, look, I'm not as competitive as as my son is. I I actually believe that you can enjoy something and still lose, <laughs> but right. but yeah, look, it, without that winning edge, you you my my son would still call me that. That's why I'm still a loser because <laughs> I haven't won that grand final because I don't have that killer instinct. But you know, my my son's won a few already. Um, more than yeah, more than I my whole sporting career, <laughs> I was just didn't have that killer instinct. But But that's why I tried to get it through gambling, I guess. Yeah,
0: I gotcha. All right. Let's jump into question two. Like you said, you've been in recovery for a long time. You've seen a lot of things either over the years about recovery, about addiction. Also, you know, you've seen a lot of people, you know, deal with medication or no medication. Just tell us your what you've seen and how you actually see the landscape. And maybe, you know, it could be a worldwide view, maybe just an Australian point of view. But talk to us, you know, what you see, especially in terms of gambling in Australia and recovery in Australia.
1: Look, yeah, I, I don't know the specific medications, but there's, there's specific medications for a disease called Parkinson's disease um, in and. And it has that. Um, the, one of the biggest side effects is 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 the fact that you want to play the pokies, particularly the pokies, because um, I don't you call them the slots over there? But we call them the pokies over here. But they're actually designed. There's a there's a you know there's a documentary called Kaching, which talks about how they're actually um, being designed to specifically create that anticipation of winning and the near misses and the, all the all the tricks that a good spreadsheet's able to produce. Um, and it, it entraps people into that situation. I myself suffer with a little bit of bipolar. And my last gamble, I was never been more manic in my life. Like I just, you know, a cruise ship is one, one series of entertainment. I was on this cruise ship and I was running around trying to win awards. I won awards for... For basketball, I sat next to some really smart people and won awards for um, for a, um, a quiz. And, and the whole thing was it was just such an encapsulating audience. And then there's the casino there that's just waiting for the ability to to grab people and and make the most of their of their moments of bliss, I guess, into wanting to play gam to gamble to to get the get the keep the drugs going. Because I mean, to some degree. Um, there's no substance involved, but there's no doubt in my mind that gambling is a drug um, and, and that it's it been supported by a lot, of, um, a lot of scientists and a lot of degree of um, the endorphins, the, the dopamine, all just feeding the brain to, to want to keep going back.
0: Right. Uh, and actually, the one thing you did say, you know, I had an episode with Dr. Timothy Fong at UCLA, I think it should be episode 74, where he talks about, you know, still slot machines are the most popular form of gambling worldwide. In America, worldwide, they always have been and they always will be. And part of that is, is because it's so easy to play, it's fast. The Cha-Ching, you know, that all that you almost won or you you win a little. And right, it 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 is for whatever reason, it is the one game that everybody has played, uh, any type of gambler. But uh yeah, that's important. But how is has recovery gotten better in Australia?
1: No, no, it's fair to say that um I've gone to the last um five conferences in australia um our numbers haven't grown um maybe marginally maybe five or ten percent it's nothing like the i mean gambling in australia is is at its peak like we have an industry um no great uh, greater than anywhere in the world like it's you know we it's about 25 billion dollars but it's 40 percent greater than anywhere else our next biggest rival it's just you know, it's growing, and and most people are not coming out and needing help. I mean, it gets back to that first step of manageability. Um, you know, as to whether they they can manage it. You know, whether you know we've had I've had friends imprisoned, um, and and I've had friends take their own lives. I remember back even back at least recently, they've eliminated credit cards. Uh, being able to bet on credit, that's a great um, great step forward. But the reality is, someone that is in the grip of an, an addiction will continue to gamble, irrespective of whether there's credit. They'll find other sources of money. Um, and some of that um, will be illegal.
0: Right. There's a peak worldwide about the because gambling is being pushed not only by governments also by all the major sports leagues. You know, there's so much more stuff on the mobile. And, you know, you talked to somewhat about the stigma, and it's almost easier to say you're an alcoholic or a drug addict than say you're a compulsive gambler, because we know just based on numbers that people are losing. You cannot have that many more people gambling and all worldwide that many people making that much money the money's got to come from somewhere so people are losing but it's almost as like it's easier to say you're like i said do you think it's easier to say you're an alcoholic or drug addict than say you're a compulsive gambler
1: oh the enorm- yeah look it's 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 obviously gambling's the hidden addiction so that's part of the the issue but yeah the shame and stigma around i mean you know i don't know what it's like in america but there's a fair amount of until really recently and it still hasn't come out in any great degree we've always been you've always blamed the gambler you've got to be responsible you just 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 you know what's wrong with you why don't you just stop um you know you know there's no substance going in you you know what's wrong with you boy you know it's just that whole mentality of of um of basically putting it back on the gambler i mean i had the the, the, the CEO of the AFL basically said, oh, no, we need that money. That's part of our business model. That's a concern. That's a great concern of an industry that makes an absolute fortune, that, that can't give up its gambling money. And his concern was that it all go into the black market. I mean, seriously? I mean, people will choose to gamble.
0: But, but they've been gambling done. for for a hundred years, so it hasn't stopped. It's not like gambling it's not gonna, just started it's not because it became legal. I mean, yeah. But they yeah. realized, to you me know, they're no different than the drug dealer. Yeah. They're no different than the drug dealer who sees and there's a if it's there's supply, you know, you create. Or there's a demand, you create the supply, or you actually try to get into the market and you try to yeah. cut out whatever middleman you want. I mean, there you know just like any business, there's a lot of cutthroat business and they're but they try to paint themselves as the good guy that we're regulated. You won't lose money. I never had a problem getting paid by a bookie. That was never my I, I never feared not getting paid. My whole issue was I just needed to I wanted to win more. Or especially went to the horse track. That to me is just that it's like a lot of things. They try to create more fear. Like they're the good guys when they're to me no different than big pharma. If they push so many antidepressants, so many anti-anxiety pills on people, no different. But they try to come across as, but everything is legal. As though that's okay. Go. Alcohol has been legal for ninety years, and it's still killing people left and right. Yeah. Yeah. Look,
1: you know, there's always been a difference between ethics and legality. Um, right. What's right and what's wrong? It's just, it's abhorrent the 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 behaviour of some of these industries that hide behind. We had we had a situation down here recently with um, we were trying to get pokies out of our. Out of our pubs, out of our, out of our communities. I, I live in a community that's that's known as the Golden the Golden Mile. That literally has a gambling establishment every two hundred meters, so people can't get away from it. Um, and the the marketing manager said, "I will do anything." So he's basically, you know, not afraid to spend any amount of money to make sure they stay in the pub pubs and clubs, no doubt that, that, you know, they own so many of them. They own um, about 80% of the revenue that comes outside of the casino. So they just, it's obscene the amount of money that they're making from it. So they're never going to walk away from it. It's like their business model is is living on the misery of others. It's not a great business model.
0: It isn't, Yeah. Well, let's jump into question three. Why don't you tell the audience, you were telling me some of the wonderful things you're doing there in terms of speaking before organizations, schools. Like you said, you don't call it a TEDx talk there. You guys call it a spot talk. Tell us what you're doing down down under. Yeah,
1: look, um, I, this is what started it for me, was connecting with um, yourself and, and many others. I, I'm trying to do a, a spot talk, which is, just shining a light on the fact that um, that the shame and stigma is there but we need to eliminate it we we need to tap someone on the shoulder I don't expect you to go into every venue and go around identifying the people that have been there too long but I used to spend 16 hours a day at the casino and and I was still holding out a part-time job and and trying to go to university I mean it just it something had to give and it did eventually but it People can see that. We should have more people going, you know, we can't, if we can't, the easiest way to stop these people from taking our money is not to give it to them. You know, if we can encourage each other to support each other in a society that actually gives a shit, then, then maybe we can we can create the possibility of, of people not needing to feel they need to gamble. Because for me, gambling is just buying hope. You know, you can get hope in other places. You can get hope from having a beautiful family. You can get hope from just living a life that makes you make that's wonderful, you know, using your quote. <laughs> but you can, you really can make a life out of so much more pleasure from living it full, more fully. I mean, the biggest problem is most people are chasing money and spending money they don't have. Um, that's right. just. Doomed to disaster, um, you know. And we, as I, I work in a in a charity um, as a financial counselor, and, and I see it. I see people coming in. You know, you've got two hundred dollars for your groceries. Mm, you need two hundred. You've only got a hundred. Uh, just put it in the pokies and if I don't win, I can reach out and get some help. <laughs> it's it's like a no win situation for some people, but. You know, it's not a situation that most people want to live. They're just living in hope. You know, it's the same with Tats Lotto. Like over 70% of people go bankrupt. I mean, how? why are you trying? <laughs> well, you know, you've got to change your mindset around what you do with your money um, because when you come into money, it's going to be ineffective.
0: Right. I agree. All right. I appreciate you. Uh Coming on the podcast, but any last words you going kind of want to leave with the audience? Anything that's uh, any gems or any pearls of wisdom?
1: Yeah, look, just just support each other. Just you know, don't don't sit in sit in judgment. Just support. Don't sit in. You know, give people hope for the future. Give people hope for today. Um, just just hang in there and know that. You Know, don't feel the pokey baron's pockets. You know, feel the pockets of the people you love. <laughs> um, and just, just, yeah, just be as happy as you can be. <laughs> you know, it's money doesn't buy your happiness, it does buy your choices. Don't make the bad choice of gambling.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh-huh. Like I always say, man, recovery is beautiful and your EQ is your IQ. (laughs) So with that, we are going to end this episode of the 1% in Recovery.